Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Turner. Hello there. And Josh Brown. Hello there. We thought, you know, block from the past, why not dive into the old hashtag WCGP, the place where you can leave all sorts of questions and thoughts and whatever little talking points you'd like us to get to. Um, so there's quite a few to mop up. We do have some new questions as well. Um, but we're just going to do a big old question podcast. Um, so the first one comes from Matthew Talbot, um, who says that Sony State of Play, the one that was on last night or whenever the hell it was, time doesn't exist in this reality, um, seemed to get a lot of flack. Um, despite the transparency of what was going to be shown beforehand. Um, he says, after Microsoft's May event and Nintendo's poorly received Mini Direct, should companies bother with these smaller events or would one big event be enough? Um, yes. My, you see, okay, my initial thought with this is that I didn't think um, the state of play did get much flack. I thought that because they got out ahead of it and just said, look, don't expect big, crazy PS5 things, that it, I thought it worked pretty well. But what, how have you guys found the, the uh, reaction to it? I just I just watched it and didn't go on Twitter. I just I wanted everyone to <laughs> know how I felt about Alan Wake, and then I went away. But it's like uh, the state the state of direct, as I was going to call it, the Nintendo <laughs> Direct, where people lost their minds because Nintendo didn't have a big bang, and I think they even let them know as well, like saying mm-hmm. that it's going to be a little one. Chill out. It's a mini but direct. Yeah, I don't mind this one though. I don't know about YouTube, but the state of play was just a nice little cleanup, and we had a few mm-hmm. nice surprises. So I think it was, I thought it was all right. I was, I mean, I wasn't expecting much considering it's like the last one of the, the last one of the generation, assumedly for the PS4. They've got another big PS5 thing at the end of the month. But yeah, I wasn't really expecting much other than here's some stuff that's already coming out. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they did a pretty good job of managing expectations and getting out in front of it, saying, you know, we're not going to see any first party uh, Sony Worldwide Studio stuff. We're not going to see any hardware. We're not going to see anything on the price. We're just going mm-hmm. to see some games that we've already announced, a couple of new ones, but we're mostly focusing on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. And with that in mind, I had very little expectations for it overall. I didn't think it would be that noteworthy. So then I was <laughs> quite surprised by what I saw. Like, there's a lot in there that I really enjoyed. I just feel like we don't need to have like these big moments, you know, a couple times a year. That's always like really fun. But mm. at the same time, like I, I think personally, I don't feel like you, I don't feel like they're mutually exclusive. I feel like right. you can have like the big moments and still have a couple uh, content drops like the state of players or like the mini directs and stuff mm-hmm. to show off some games that might get kind of, you know, drowned within a sea of titles in a PlayStation experience or an E3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I want to see both continue to happen. Just I... kind of like, just to plug the gap because there's nothing worse than me. I don't know about you guys, but especially mm-hmm. working in this industry, there's nothing worse than having to wait six months for a major slew of news. <laughs> and then for the next mm-hmm. six months, you just like 
picking at rumors, picking at leaks, trying to find a thread, trying to find something, a morsel of content to kind of get yourself into. And that's not just me speaking from like a, a content producer point of view who, you know, essentially makes a living off reporting on it. But also as a fan, like, I don't mm -hmm. want to feel starved of like information and these little events. I feel like as long as they're well communicated and people don't, shouldn't expect, you know, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 to drop out of nowhere or God of War 2 to drop out of nowhere. I think it's fine to have them, ultimately. Mm -hmm. It's weird because, like, we, we, as you said, we got some nice little morsels. We've got the uh, Control DLC coming later this month. We got we got to know about Dingo Dahl. Like, come on, Dingo Dahl. <laughs> Save the show there, I think. And How did you not explode when that happened? That's one of your favourite characters. I did! I did! <laughs> I was trying to play Fall Guys. Well, I was like, oh, it's, like, it's pretty green nothing. Set up my laptop there. I was like, Wah! And then again, when Alan Wake came, I was like, Wah! and then Spelunky too. I was like, Wah! so for me, this was a big show. And mm -hmm. it's nice to have, as uh, Josh says, all this sprinkled throughout the year because if you just, it's good having like an E3 where it's like lots of news. You're not going to sleep. You're probably not going to, you're just not going to wash. You're just going to be in the games. <laughs> but then I, it's also nice to like, you know, till the fields. And get mm -hmm. some nice little games growing before you get to the big ones again. Well, I, I pretty much view it as like I like that essentially it's you take what is the E3. Everyone waits for this big event, and I do love what like Phil Spencer sort of referred to as like the magic of E3. It is a big deal. It's the nearest thing gaming has to the Super Bowl and whatever else. And it is, it is a well, yeah, like a big WrestleMania for gaming, and like that stuff's really fun. But all these mini ones, it's like a little miniature E3. Like everyone gathers together, and like even just yesterday, it was like, oh, we've got the state of play later on, and you're like, you know, you're going to watch it live, and it's going to be this sort of mini little thing. Um, I think, like Josh said, you can kind of have both, but I do think it's worthwhile doing these sort of small, um, like these. Uh, these are really good as like delivery methods as well, because they sort of do yeah. temper expectations if you can do it well enough beforehand. And I feel like when it comes to, you know, this year in particular, it's been a very weird year all around. I feel like it, they've felt a bit more lacking because we haven't had that kind of centerpiece. We've had this mm. nebulous um, Summer Games show festival thing where we've had a lot of little content content drops and it's been quite, you know, sporadic. The messaging hasn't been cohesive. And I think that's kind of led to it feeling a bit disappointed because we haven't really had something to look forward to and get excited about. You know, the, the Xbox event, the Sony events, uh, the Nintendo Directs, they're all announced very close to when they're going to take place. So it's not mm -hmm. like we have the date booked in like we do for an E3 where we're like, right, we know this date, we're going to get something we can look forward to. Because we have no other information to go on, it's just been like, right, there's a state of play in a few days. And then everyone gets seriously hyped, even though we the Sony go out in front and said, um, you know, temper your expectations and stuff. So I feel like in a regular year, if everything was going normal and you did have E3, if you did have Gamescom and stuff, and mm -hmm. then you had these sprinkled in. I think that's like, to me, that's the future because it, it doesn't put all the focus on those big events and it doesn't make or break kind of like the year based on what happens there. But you still, like you said, you still get the magic of E3. You still get to look forward to not having a bath and not yeah, <laughs> sleeping. Yeah. You're looking forward I do to look forward to not having a bath. Just that, being, out, yeah. you know. that being said, though, I do understand people's frustrations because... It's August now, and we don't know the price of the Xbox Series you, X you or the just PS5. Wait on that. You wait on that price point thing. We have another question about that, but we'll, we'll get to that stuff. Now, the next one is uh, from Do Not Resuscitate. Um, I would love to hear you guys talk about the Control DLC. Also says to Benroy, um, as a fan of Alan Wake, they'd love your take on what the new expansion for Control might be like. Look, when Alan Wake said, just keep in the light, and mm -hmm. you just hear like, just get him out of the dark, 
going to bring him back. He's to been the there for world. years. He's been yeah. there for like 10 years. Yeah. We, we've had this man teased in everything that Remedy has wanted to drop throughout the years, uh, playing through Quantum Break and then mm-hmm. finding out this, the secret cutscenes in there and seeing old Sam like going, hmm, and pulling his Max Payne face while looking at charts, trying to find Alan Wake. <laughs> I, I want. I want the two two universes to collide in the oldest house and Alan, good old Alan, to come out and become part of our world again and mm-hmm. join in with, I can't remember her name now, the protagonist of uh, Control. and uh, Jesse Faden. Because, Jesse Faden, because Replay and Awake earlier in the, I say earlier in the year, it's probably like a month or two ago now. I don't know what time is either. Those, <laughs> the, it, Control and Alan Wake, the enemies mesh so well together. The the whole idea of the thermoses being objects of power, which is hilarious. Like ha, this collectible that you found everywhere. Now that was just an angry object that wanted you to be. It all looked even. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also Jesse going through the uh, what they call like a motel. Mm-hmm. That that's that looks like it was ripped straight out of Bright Falls. So these worlds are coming together, and hopefully we get to have a little team up with Alan and he's got his torch around and you need to work with him because maybe we'll have some of the um, the dark people all in the shadow where only he can defeat them because mm. unless you you remember Alan Wake, unless you burnt the shields down, they weren't going to die. So I'm hoping for that. And then I'm hoping for tease me with either Alan Wake on PS4 or tease me with Alan Wake 2. Hmm. Do you think this will be their way of sort of testing the waters to go like, hey, remember this guy? Because like, I mean, yeah, it was like 2010. It was an Xbox exclusive back in the day. And it's like, they can do something where they go, hey, there's this new character. And I mean, Control didn't sell that well, but I feel like it's kind of become this like nicely regarded cult classic since then. Um, it, Josh, I was gonna say, what's your thoughts on, or either of your thoughts on just like how Alan Wake might like play, or I guess you play alongside him? Well, I have no idea, but I feel like you do need to go back to what Ben Roy was saying and mm. get those kind of like, elements of the enemies from Alan Wake in there having to kind of break their shields through light or whatever, like an interplay between light and dark. I think that would be really neat. I have no idea how they're going to integrate the two worlds and I'm not convinced they're going to do it in a really satisfying way because I like the teasers in the base game. I really like the kind of hints towards this um, expanded universe. But mm. um, I'd, I'd, for me, it could have ended there. I'm so hyped to see more Alan Wake. I'm so hyped to see hopefully a proper sequel or you know at least a remake like ben roy says on the playstation 4 some kind of remaster mm-hmm. uh, and i am hyped for this i'm gonna go back and play the first expansion because i haven't played that yet i'm just gonna play them both together and hopefully hopefully have a good time but that was one of the uh, the things that popped me um last night even though I, I have no idea how they could do it in a satisfying way or have anything to offer on how i think <laughs> they should do it because it feels so ambitious and kind of weird even if it does fit quite nicely within the world that control setup. Mm-hmm. look I, I, one more thing about alan wake i'm just going to ram it in there and just i need to say like at the end in the dlc of alan wake like, the world got so mysterious and ripped apart and they were really having fun with it and i don't know if you two remember like the end of alan wake one it was like it's not a lake it's an ocean as he gets pulled yeah. in and stuck in the world imagine if he goes it's not a house it's a skyscraper or something like that. And then big old Alan gets his torch out. And then him and Jesse beat up everyone. Yo, they get out. <laughs> Alan Wake. It's a house. It's a skyscraper. Yeah, I just, it after that. Just, I, uh, I don't know. I, mean, I guess that would be peak remedy. If they and why, why would remedy, why would Sam Lake himself, I know, I know it's, he didn't, but why would Sam Lake go and buy the rights to Alan Wake from Microsoft if they weren't going to use this in more than just the DLC for Control? What if it's just like an elite squad type thing and you get a little cartoon Alan Wake, cartoon Max Payne, cartoon Jesse Faden? I know. Um, Remedy Aren't care Remedy? about their 
uh, their um, <laughs> past franchises and characters. So, oh, well, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on different parts of sales and stuff. But yeah, I mean, at least Alan Wake coming back seems cool. I didn't vibe that much with the game, but obviously it has its fans. Um, and I hope that it leads to like a full version of the original coming on PS4 or PS5. Um, next question from Adam. Um, there are a few games I've bought multiple times, but what games have you guys bought multiple times across different consoles and generations? Um, are there any you buy time and again, no matter what? Now, Benroy, I know you own seven copies of Resident Evil 4. I, I think it's more than that. I think it, we're Is getting it? close to like 10 or 12. So what, like, Why? Uh, Why do you keep doing this? GameCube, PS2, uh, 360... PS4, Switch, iPhone, uh, Steam. (laughs) There's a few. I think there might be one or two more. But yeah, just Resident Evil 4 and Xbox One. I mean, it does really. But yeah, just give me on everything all the time so I can always play it. Fair fair enough. Josh, have you got anything that you've uh, been devoted to across multiple generations? Yes, and one of them is also Resident Evil 4. Not to the extent (laughs) of Benroy. I've never bought it on an iPhone. It is mine as well, to be honest. But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I got nothing on PlayStation 2, then Xbox, then um, then PlayStation 4 again and had a bloody good time with it. That's like one of the games I've replayed the most. But the game that I've bought the most is actually the first Mass Effect, even though it's only ever oh. come out, to my knowledge, on the Xbox like 360 era of consoles. And I've only ever bought it on the Xbox 360. Um, I used to, when I was younger, like I loved that thing. I was looking forward to it so much, like so hyped for it, really enjoyed it when I um, played it, played through it a couple of times. But uh, when I was like younger, to get games, I used to have to trade games in, and that was always one that I would trade in. But then a few months later, <laughs> I'd always get the itch to go back to it, yeah. and then I'd have to trade in other games to rebuy it, and then I'd eventually trade it in again. And then the cycle would just continue every single time I got an itch to play uh, Mass Love Effect. It. I'd have to um, scrounge up some funds to go out and buy it again. And by the end, like you could see the generation... Um, winding down as to how much Mass Effect actually cost. You know, at the beginning mm. it was it was forty pounds. By the end, it was like a fiver. It was a bargain. <laughs> like, yes, I get to I get to play this game again. It's so right now, older. have you Sorry. got a copy of it? Have you got a copy of it right now? Currently, I do. It's a. Uh, okay. It's well, it's not at my house. It's at my parents' house in the shed, but I still own it. I didn't. The final <laughs> time I bought it, I thought I'm not trading this in because I don't want to make this same mistake again. You're gonna buy it again. This cycle of violence isn't gonna end. <laughs> well, when it comes out on the remaster, Ben Roy, which is apparently happening this year, after buying it. Apocalypse Josh Brown is going to be in the streets with a hammer, waiting for someone to walk past, steal their copy of Mass Effect, <laughs> and it's going to be bedlam. Just Some so we can afford a different soul. version of it over and over and over again. I think for mine, it's just Doom. Like uh, back in the day, I remember getting, I remember selling Ape Escape because I was like, oh, I've grown out of this. I'm like eight and I've grown out of Ape Escape. I don't, I'm not bothered about playing it anymore. <laughs> and then, like like you said, Josh, with Mass Effect, I got the itch. I remembered the dual analog stick control scheme and I wanted it again. So I went back and bought it. <clears throat> but in terms of stuff that I've got multiple versions of, it's Doom. Like I've got Doom on everything from phones to the Switch thing, the remasters on my Mac, even. There's a version on the browser that I've got saved as a favorite. That you can go back to um but you obviously can't make any saves on it but i just played the beginning of that over and over again um just that and shovel knight just give me that as much as possible um i will take it um next question go on i was gonna say speaking of trading do you remember that golden era in the ps2 where you could trade in the game back we'll give the game back for the full price yes and then just get another game keep your receipt yeah it was like two weeks you had so you were like frantically trying to beat games all the time just running free that's the reason why i always get get something, keep the receipt. And then if you go in back, like you said, within a week or two weeks, you could do it for full price, get something else, play through that, keep the receipt, do it again. And you could, on maximum, you could get about three games out of a one, of a single price tag, which yeah. I know is why they stopped that stuff. But, um, <laughs> it's a very nefarious practice. 
I used to be Ooh. always too scared to do it. I was too, so much of a goody two shoes and scared of being arrested for <laughs> trading. It did feel bad because you just, you had that, to just keep going yeah. back, just being like, oh, I've decided against this. I don't think I need it. Or I, you know, I've, I bought the wrong thing or someone bought it for me. How else was I meant to play the 24 of the game, then Godfather of the game, <laughs> then get Hitman Blood Money afterwards? Mm-hmm. It's good. The few times that I did it, like when it was, I, I legitimately regretted my purchase or whatever, I did complete it too fast. Mm-hmm. They were always so suspicious about it that I could never bring myself to do it again. Like I could never do it if I didn't have um, a valid reason because I was just so scared <laughs> of what these people in Game Station were going to think of me that I was like, nah, I'm going to play by the rules unless oh, I buy something God. I don't like, like the pit, like the Matrix Path of Neo, which I didn't like at all. <laughs> I hadn't traded in because I got that for my birthday. I remember um, convincing my mum to lie for me at the beginning because I was just like, yeah, I'm too nervous for it. I was like, mum, go and tell him that like you bought me the wrong thing or something. And like, bless well, her for doing that. I, I got my dad to do that a couple of times when it legitimately happened, but he was just like, I'm not lying for you anymore, Josh. Like, I'm not doing it. I don't like doing it. So it's like covering for you when the uh, police come around the house. Like, oh, dad, like lie for us. Like, tell him what's going on. Um, next question from I brought a lemon to a knife fight. Um, very good name. Um, with all the new information and videos coming out for Cyberpunk 2077, the game is looking very good, incredible even. Um, but do you think it's possible for the game to live up to the hype around it? Do you think that hype is the most dangerous thing for a new game coming out? Ben Roy, what do you think? It's weird because I like to say a lot of the time I have sort of like leveled out hype. Mm. Like I, I feel like I kind of know what I might be coming in for with Cyberpunk. But then there's like something that i love like a, a resident evil saying then i'm like what could this be but yeah hype can probably destroy it because twitter all just eats its own tail and keeps eating itself mm. and you'll see it go blah, 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 and they go down and be destroyed mm-hmm. but i don't know for me I, I try to temper the hype the whole time and i i think a bit a bit like, weirdly a bit of the hype for that game was taken away when they told me all the cutscenes were going to be in first person then i was like what's the point of customizing your character you're never going to see it so yeah I've never really recovered from that. That's my sort of weird little sin that I've just, mm. I, I've never got past that. I was expecting full third person Witcher Cyberpunk and it's not, it's going to be Deus Ex. And I've just, I've never got past that. Josh, what's your thoughts on, on Runaway Hype? Yeah, I think it can, it can be a dangerous thing, can't it? Um, I remember, <laughs> I think my breaking point was the first Watch Dogs. Like I was looking oh, forward to that so much. That's a life yeah, scar. point where, even weeks before launch, when it didn't look that great, I was still having dreams about it. You know, when you're dreaming about a game, you dream <laughs> you've got it. I used to dream about X-Men um, Wolverine's Revenge as well. Get I used to dream it. I had that. Mark but, um, Hamill played Wolverine one time. It was great. <laughs> yeah. But it gets to the point sometimes um, when, you're, when you've invested so much in it that even if it's like a cracking 8 out of 10 game, it doesn't feel good enough. And there's nothing worse than Ooh. having a good game right in front of you that doesn't live up to your lofty expectations or the expectations that, you know, the hype machine, uh, the mm-hmm. marketing is, is placed on it. Like if you go into, if you go into something expecting it to, to be a 10 out of 10, I don't see how you can't be disappointed, even if oh, it's yeah. a nine out of 10, even if it's an eight out of 10, like I'm still susceptible to that now to an extent, but like Ben Roy, I've, I've learned to temper those expectations to a level where now when there's a game that I'm, that's coming out that I'm really looking forward to. I almost go the opposite direction and I normally like invert it to the point where I convince myself I'm not looking forward to it. And then it comes out on launch day and I love it all over again. Like when The Last of Us 2 was coming out um, and not to get into that game right now, but uh, (laughs) into the hype of it, like beforehand, Uh it got to the point where uh, like I I almost convinced myself it wasn't coming out. I was like, it's it's a non-event. Like I'm not looking forward to it. It's fine. It's just, it's a game that's going to happen. I'll probably be disappointed or something. And because of that, I think I enjoyed it a bit more. So Watch Dogs 1 was the last game that I really thought was going to be a 10 out of 10 instant classic. And that burned me so much that I've never done that since. 
I remember I think, when, when, they, when Ubisoft said the next generation starts here. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I think my game that ruined it for me and like really disappointed me and I just couldn't ever recover from it was um, when I played Sekiro and then just everyone had a big stick and then I was like this is not going <laughs> to be you weren't hyped for that though this all. is not going to follow up the magic of Bloodborne and it's actually going to fail uh, in every way well or, or, everywhere and it's better <laughs> but near enough I was going to say if you if anytime you, any sort of hype cycle comes around it's all about peaks and troughs and it's like if you can maximize if you can sell something at the at the peak of the absolute height of that momentum then it's it's a runaway success hence fall guys is like the biggest thing right now um because i feel like they ramped that up in a perfect fashion and they obviously delivered it to everybody nice and free and it's just so easy to play and i think that there's a way to weaponize that that's obviously why the industry keeps chasing it because if you can get it right it's it's you know immaculate but there's so many examples of it failing like mass effect andromeda and anthem and whatever else like ghost recon and stuff where if you just yeah. get that momentum momentum wrong you're just completely boned well i don't know about you guys but even when it comes to films and stuff as well now uh, mm. like I, I know what i'm gonna play in advance even if i might not like love it i like as long as i like a concept or like an idea behind a game or a movie like i'm already invested into it and then mm. i sometimes don't need to see any more after that like you know um I, I barely watch trailers for movies now because of that like tenant is like tenant yeah at some point and I've I watched the first trailer when that first came out but I've not seen anything since because it's like it's the next Chris Nolan movie I'm gonna go see it you know what I mean I'm gonna yeah. be excited for it and if I get too invested into it if I watch the trailers too many times not only am I gonna potentially know what's going on because I'm piecing things together I'm getting the old, my, my own version of it in my head and I think that's what's so insidious about hype at least for me is that it's not necessarily what is happening you know with the trailers or in the community it's what i'm building up it's the it's the game that i'm building in my head from pieces of information from pieces of trailers and you know content drops and interviews that it, the real thing can't com- compare to that even if it is great hmm. even I, if it's great in a completely different way i just feel like it's it's not what i 
want to build oh, I'm like I, I discard all that because I, I just because there's, there's a there's a go-to thing when it comes to how a lot of people assume games are reviewed or the way that they would do it where you go in as a 10 out of 10 and you knock points off based on whether the game matches up to that for me if anything it's the other way around I go in with like completely blank expectations and build stuff up as it goes but I was gonna say in terms of um like hype and stuff before launch the the distrust of how much I'm being shown is what puts me off looking at further footage of stuff like last of us 2 I didn't want to risk looking at any footage of it because it might give something away um same in tenet's case but there's also like the medium difference where like in films if i like you say you trust in a director or a production house or whatever i'm going to be seeing that thing and i don't need to see any more of it because the the full meal is the movie itself but in the game like i can indulge in gameplay clips and stuff like that if it's you know not going to infringe on the story thing um, right. because playing it is still the unique aspect like at least that's that's how i would think of it uh, for I me get it- that so I was gonna say for me, unless it's uh, like a Star Wars in the film sense, or like a James Bond or something like that, or in the game sense, unless it's like a Resident Evil or like The Last of Us, I'm really watching one trailer for a thing and then I back out. I just, mm. especially with films, I just eject now. I then peruse Letterbox or see what Josh has watched. I compare. But actually, <laughs> I might watch that now, sort of thing. But for, for films, a lot. I like the Invisible Man. I didn't watch that, and there's like one of the major scare jump scares in that was given away in the trailer. In like, the trailer, yeah. Film, it's just like why you and I, I know they want to sell it to the masses, but why are you doing that, man? You should have like the safe trailer where it's like, ah, just just show them, just show them a one frame. Yeah, I think it's like the difference in advertising. Like it is just that thing between mediums where like if you're trying to get people in, there's that old school. Well, the thing is, I can't forget where the um, where the statistic came from. There was a whole survey done of movies that were sold off trailers that deliberately included their biggest moments in the trailer versus ones that tease stuff out. Like right now, Tenet is like you know arguably to some like two like um you know mysterious or whatever same with inceptions lead up as well um as opposed to like fast and the furious where it's like here is your big money shot stunt that you're gonna go and see whereas like for me um watching that in the trailer i was like and then when i watched fast seven i was like well i've already seen every big bit of this and nothing else is like surprising me and um, whereas like mad max still had plenty more to offer after the fact i just think games in general have or are always going to have more to offer in a unique sense because you know, like you're going to actually get to control it and things like that. And the biggest spoiler, I think, in any trailer ever was Darth Maul turning on that second blade. Oh, God, like they, sh- yeah. they just showed that in the trailers. Like, in obviously, yeah, there's just a big hype. So, like, well, now you've just it's, ruined that big event. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned like uh, playing it is kind of like the, the biggest thing. That's actually why I stopped looking at gameplay trailers specifically, mm. like cinematics, I'm like mostly okay with. But um, like even go back to like The Last of Us, I didn't want to watch that final like gameplay reveal at the state no, of play because I was like, especially in today's climate where so many of the big budget blockbusters play identically, any kind of new feature feels almost too precious to waste beforehand. Like I want to <laughs> go into a game, I long for it to just go into a proper new action game and not know everything about it already not know how the upgrade tree works not know how the gadgets work not know Mm -hmm. how the crafting system works and while there are like small variations between all the games obviously they're not just all blatant ripoffs like the but the bones of those structures often are the exact same so that's why i stopped watching those gameplay trailers just to kind of preserve anything new that they might have had any Mm -hmm. new weapons any new modes of you know getting around the world and stuff just to just to have something new to look forward to. That, I think that's that why can blow um, my mind. Yeah, that's why for me that was why Ghost of Tsushima was such a blow. Like that just completely blew me away. Like, I didn't. I was had. I had so little expectation for that game. Um, just thinking it was going to be this Assassin's Creed ripoff and nothing else. And there was so much heart and like purpose behind it and the wind mechanic and whatever else. We did a whole podcast on it. But um, that was the thing. Benoit's little fun. But that was the thing of like discovering that game bit by bit that I absolutely wind. Loved. 
It's such good wind, mate. It's the best wind you've ever seen. Um, next question from Emmett Cleary, who says, what is the best forgotten beat-em-up? Um, theirs would have to be Rival Schools or Bloody Raw. This might be too hard if you don't have <laughs> unknown beat-em-ups off the top of your head. I would totally back Bloody Raw, though. I wish they did a New Age version of that. It was just like Tekken style, except that you could morph into these giant creatures. Like a, There was a giant beetle you could be. Giant blue yeah. beetle. I haven't played it in like 20 years, but that thing was brilliant. I don't know if Mortal any Kombat, you guys. Sh- Shaolin Monks. Shaolin Monks, Shaolin yes. Monks is, yes. Uh, is, is bloody awesome. Played it's that technically with not a beat-em-up, but, it, but we will is allow it. Not, it. What, what, no. how, would you, how would you class a beat-em-up? Like, what? Well, I guess if it's if it's best forgotten beat 'em up, they then cited fighting games. But beat 'em up is usually like the brawler stuff, which is kind of its own thing. I don't know. Shaolin Monks. I thought that was like I thought that was Shaolin Monks. You just doing like like um like Tekken Force mode or like uh, Streets of Rage or something like that. That's like brawler or a beat 'em up. I don't (laughs) I don't remember any right now, but I'm just gonna say play Glover. No, we're not gonna play Glover. Not again. There was something that was on um, the original Xbox called uh, Tao Feng Fist of the Lotus. Um, that would be my go-to. I used to just Hoover up. Beat him you know up what? No, actually, you know what? Jedi Power Battles to me feels like a beat him up. So I'm gonna say that. Shout. We've sort of just blurred beat him up and brawlers. And they, they, <laughs> yeah, they said beat him up, which is beat him up and brawler is separate to fighting game. But then they cited fighting games. It's all good. It's all they're all good. Guys. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you next beat a question. lot of people up in the mall. Is, yes. Is, is <laughs> Actually, I'll totally cite the original Minority Report game, which I know no one plays. I think I mentioned this in a chatty face a while ago, but that game was just an excuse to enjoy Havoc physics. Like the whole, all the environment, everything just, you know, fell apart, windows smashed and different pieces of office equipment splintered and everything. And you just played as a guy that was like a bright blonde haired version of Tom Cruise and you just threw people through <laughs> office equipment and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, next question from a Benzerker, Flag of Wales. Uh, maybe Flag of Wales is Twitter bringing across the coding. Maybe his name's just Benzerker. <laughs> if it's Benzerker, Flag of Wales. <laughs> I'm going to assume that his name is Benzerker, Flag of Wales. Um, he says, given the success of Fall Guys, does this highlight a desire by consumers to get back to prioritizing gameplay over fancy visuals and complexity? Um, I would say that it's... Um, highlights the need to think of the amount of people that can do something rather than think of the something and then see how many people can do it. I think in this case, it's like, why don't we get as many people as possible to, you know, chase a few balls down an obstacle course or compete in like a total wipeout style setting. And then there's only so many things you can do with that many people synchronized at once, um, as opposed to Call of Duty, Doom, whatever, and then apply that to a multiplayer context. But I don't know, I guess, uh, Josh, what have you, how have you found the success of Fall Guys? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose, you know, it's it's obviously going to remind everyone of the success of Rocket League, which also debuted. Well, you were going to say Doritos Crash Course there, but. Uh, I'm going to get to Doritos Crash Course there. That's, <laughs> that's on its way. But um, yeah, like Rocket League was kind of similar. I remember having the exact same conversations around that time where that was so simplistic, but so addictive and so good and so complex that it became this genuine phenomenon at the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Fall, Fall Guys, not only because it's also on PlayStation Plus is experiencing something similar because everyone's jumping in everyone's just having fun in what's ostensibly a quite simplistic game and having Mm. loads of fun with it but i think it just it doesn't necessarily you know confirm for me that everyone wants this style of game it's more just confirming that this style of game can exist you know we've had successes like this and I would um, actually lump in Animal Crossing New Horizons with this similar style where it's, mm-hmm. it's not about the visuals, it's just about like a set of mechanics and having fun within uh, that system. Mm-hmm. And that can like live alongside, you know, your God of Wars and your Gears 5s and stuff, which are sold, you know, on their spectacle and on their production values and that. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like in the 2010s, in the early 2010s, we kind of lost our way and everything had to be this kind of 
pristine technical powerhouse, but now with the likes of Fall Guys, with Rocket League, with Animal Crossing, with uh, Fortnite and stuff like that, you know, we've got all of these examples where you just give someone a robust set of mechanics and a nice um, appealing art style and you can mm-hmm. have like mammoth success off it. You don't need to spend $80 million uh, in four years of time um, well, producing something just to get a, financial success i've long been on my soapbox of like we've uh, we've got carried away with like red dead 2 final fantasy 7 last of us 2 like big overblown ludicrously detailed leaves in the distance that just don't matter to the core reason why that you know why what the big takeaways from that game and so i think obviously fall guys falls into the camp of gameplay over graphics um but yeah like josh said it's not that it necessarily trumps those things those games are still phenomenal um but it is a nice little reminder of like this is why the why like, this is what the medium can bring to the world it doesn't need to chase hollywood or visual Visual stuff or um, you know passive entertainment, it can be directly active, and you can just get involved in those mini games. I think like if you give me the chance to play as a full guy in The Last of Us Two and <laughs> watch my full guy breaking someone's neck, is he going? <laughs> then yeah, I'll do that. But no, it's it's just developer digital, especially just are filling that sort of middle to I say lower tier, but I'm not I'm not crapping on it by lower than that. like triple A, yeah, yeah, just just you know filling out and like. You you want to play a game of Fall Guys, and then it's like seventy four games later, and you're mm. just smiling from ear to ear most of the time. Whereas, like you know, if you're going to go into a big old, you know, God of War or, or a Gears of War or a, anything else of War, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be sort of strapped in and emotionally taken somewhere, and also being kidding. Sound like it's just fun just to run around and f- try and push someone off the edge in a mm-hmm. funny way. Like, yeah, it's just joyful and simple and colorful and great. And I would say while Fall Guys is obviously the biggest, you know, phenomenon at the moment, Doritos Crash Course really set the bar going forward because that did it back in 2010. <coughs> who was expecting anything from a Doritos game, Scott Tailford? Not me. Not <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. I'll one up you. What about Sneak King, eh? What about those Burger King games that came out? <laughs> Running around as the Burger King. Eh? <laughs> Sneak King. Yeah? Hiding in the bushes, grabbing people. You're the bad, pineapple bad. king now, mate. With the, uh, I am the pineapple king. Yes, <laughs> I won last night. PK Roy. We have, we have another Fall Guys question from Con Barrington, who says, what is the round in Fall Guys that you find the hardest? And um, for him, it's the seesaw because people are stupid and don't understand simple physics. I'll totally back that up because if you're if you're not in that Patience. initial wave, they're all just 90 degrees and you just fall off. Feel, um, don't think. Like, just, just wait a moment. Let everyone commit suicide. Get on there. Slide out. Be a little... <laughs> free you can do it you can do it you just just take it slow mm-hmm. but it's the team games that can all burn in some <laughs> level games are good team, team games, games are good no 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 that football one eggs. get in the bin eggs oh. a bit eggs a bit better grab no. the tails get in the bin you guys are trying to play it with like actual coordination and teamwork and that's I, not I, what no, this is because everyone else on my team is getting bundled and losing everything i'm there I, speak to me as i'm trying to win <laughs> <laughs> See, right. I think the difference is, Bran, I have a lot of fun in myself being an idiot and myself getting like slapped around. Uh, I have no patience for it when someone else is in the same situation and I'm relying on them at all. Like I've yeah, got no funny, time though. for that. So it's I'm true. kind of with Ben Roy, though I do think, you know, I do think the football one's really good. And I quite like the tail one because that's the only one I've won so far. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like... In- in terms of the hardest ones, um, I would totally cite uh, Slime Climb. That took me eight. I don't know why, but it's the set of rollers in the middle of Slime Climb that I just couldn't get right. And there's all those like platforms pushing you back out down into the pit again. Um, I, that was the thing that I just kept losing. I don't know which one, if you guys would highlight one is the hardest. 
Uh, the memory one. I'm not very good at that one. Really? I don't like that one at all. And the eggs one, not necessarily the hardest, but I've, I've talked to Scott Tilford all morning about how much I hate this <laughs> egg mini game. <laughs> because it really does me in. It's all about the gold eggs. Get oh. a gold egg or two in your basket and then just batter anyone that comes to your pit. Just yeah. hold on to them, grab them, and just don't let them through, and they're going to get annoyed and run away. But just keep the gold eggs. <laughs> For me, the one of the dog worst ones... It's just the football one because I dived straight at the football. This is me diving. Hey, the ball went like that. It went over me and went, went past. <laughs> the, the, and I, the physics on the ball are kind of crazy. Like so sometimes that, it'll just ping in the wrong direction. It's not a bad game, but one that I'm just such like, I just wait for everyone else to die is that tic-tac-toe, whatever it's called, where you go through, through that pathway. and It's tiptoe, yeah. Tip-toe and just guess which blocks. Every, I don't get why anyone goes off the edge. I'm just standing like, well, <laughs> I'm going like you guys do it. I'm just going to wait here. Give you an, uh, an expert tip and trick the game doesn't tell you. You can jump from the second last row at the end of that. That was the how I won my very first game, was just jumping out of the crowd across the final line and smashing into the checkpoint. I do, the final the, line. I do hate the Tails one, but sing, solo Tails is a bit better. And that's actually how I won got my first win last night. I couldn't yes. get the guy. Someone fell off the platform. And then I just grabbed this tour, yoink, and then ran away. And then what? <laughs> Within like four seconds left. Well, totally um, suggest as well, like aerial drops when you're in the tail games. Just like look from above, drop down on someone, hold R2. You'll smash into them, grab the tail, and you're away before they can get back up again. And um, we'll do the final three uh, a little bit quicker because we've only got a few minutes left. Um, so this question from Rex Wolfley. He says, does it surprise you that there haven't been any um, firm price points announced for the next generation of consoles? Who blinks first in that regard? Um, we covered this in some news the other day. Um, I forget what the hell the news was. Was. but it's the visual for it for me is just they're both playing chicken they're both in the the vin diesel dodge charges um and they're both just speeding towards each other and one of them need, they needs to blink needs to swerve out the way but whoever does that quote unquote loses so i think xbox will blink first because they're more consumer friendly this generation um but that's just me i it's basically shuhei looking over at uh, Do, uh not don Matrick. he's in a cage <laughs> underneath phil spencer's desk <laughs> looking at phil spencer they're just both sitting like Come in, come in, and, yeah. and and now Shuhei's distracted by four guys, so he's not going to go. <laughs> and Phil just literally sitting there counting the time, like, oh, do I have anything else for Game Pass so I can distract them again? <laughs> it's just this annoying game of chicken. But I do hope that someone does get screwed and like say someone goes first and the other goes fifty quid cheaper. I want that. Right. Just, that's, just that would, that's what they're waiting on. Yeah, yeah, they'll get undercut. A little wrestling reference. It's just wrestling reference. It's just gonna be Montreal. Someone's just gonna wait, screw the other one out of it, and then you're gonna see. Hopefully, even someone backpedal. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I just, I just, I can't wait now. I just can't wait. Maybe, but they should both <laughs> bring them both out on stage together, and then have Reggie uh, officiate it, and basically make them announce the price. Mm-hmm. So, see, for me, it's been going on for so long that I like all the fun's been sucked out of it. I can't be asked with it anymore. Like back in the 2013. <laughs> era when we had this who's gonna go first who's gonna have like the low price point it felt like meaningful but now it's been dragged on for so long i'm like i'm like i just don't care put me out my misery please give me a price <laughs> i don't care if it's a thousand pounds i just i just want to know and i want you guys to stop playing this stupid game of trying to undermine each other mm-hmm. and show me the hardware show me the money show me the money show Swerve. me the ssd Swerve. they're both delayed till next year <laughs> you never know at this stage, to be honest. Uh, but these other two have to do very quickly. One from James O'Brien with IO Interactive announcing that the entire Hitman trilogy will be made VR compatible. Which game would you like to fully play through in virtual reality? So each of you can you can pick one each. It, he says the uh, the full trilogy, but that's the full that's the new trilogy. That's not Silent Assassin contract. It's not the old school ones. Uh, Assumedly, the, uh, the Alan Wake remake that's come to PS4. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, oh, it's difficult, isn't it? It's I'll take really Fall hard. Guys. Give PG. me Fall Guys in VR. Yeah. Well, I'll run really through fun. that. Yeah. Fall Guys, PT, and then I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> the best and worst of both worlds. I'm a big fan of anything that is cockpit based. So um, I having I'm just playing Star Wars Jedi Starfighter. So just give me that before Squadrons comes along. Uh, last question from Bigagnia, who says, "Is there any way to reach sports gamers?" Um, I used to love sports games, but the blatant copy paste and microtransactions down the throat have turned me away. The majority of that community will defend Madden, FIFA, and 2K to the bitter end. Is there any way to reach them? Um, there was that whole boycott FIFA thing a few years ago where they sort of tried to you know mount some offensive against how terrible the Ultimate Team stuff was, but um, I guess if you're part of that, you know, demographic where you get the same thing every year, then it's a lot harder to break out of that mold. You kind of want to know what you're getting. Um, yeah. But I would welcome any return to arcade sports. I miss the Def Jam games. I know they're doing uh, WWE 2K Battlegrounds this year, but that looks terrible. So I would just like welcome any arcade stuff. But um, probably not. Probably not a way to reach them. It would have to come from the company side. By the way, don't point out that looks terrible on Twitter because you will get abused by the WWE fans. <laughs> <laughs> they must know though. It does look bad. I, it's it sucks, man. Because like when it comes to like those fans, like my brother's a huge FIFA fan, and I used mm. to be until they started bringing in Ultimate Team. Because I could just never, I could never hack it when it wasn't a microtransaction mess. Like when it was a free game. I think it was mm. one of the Euro games or one of the World Cup spin-offs where it debuted. But anyway, um, I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it then because it felt so kind of disposable. But I feel like you know when it comes to when I talk to my brother, he like he's just like a casual player, but he really loves FIFA. But he's just he's never even considered that it's bad or like there's another right. way because I do think like a lot of people in they enjoy the system. You know what I mean? It's been there for so long. That's a fundamental part of the experience. And for better or worse, it's almost like you're indoctrinated into there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, well, it's just been normalized in a way that other genres hasn't. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like and they they got away with it so for so long when we were having like you know uproars over star wars battlefront 2 and microtransactions whereas fifa was always like skirting by for a long time just being like well we've been doing this everyone's just it. kind of accepted it here mm -hmm. so we're okay we don't need to draw any attention to this at all well andrew wilson over at ea was like well let's put the gambling in the star wars but the thing is the gambling's always been in the sports like people right. do their acute accumulators and other things and you see people doing mystic charts as they're watching a game they're not really watching the sport anymore so that's why it's got away for so long there mystic charts uh, like fantasy football yeah mystic charts <laughs> and yeah. um it's i i akin to it like say you also like you really like games and not like sports games you want to come back together but it's also like you some people like imagine someone really likes watching soaps and you really like watching prestige tv you can't just go to the person who likes the soaps watch this you just watch this just, mm. even if they would like the wire even if they it, would love a little bit of things are going to be separate sometimes some people just don't want to chase the ducks <laughs> <laughs> all the foxes um, but you can do whatever you can um, but yeah let us know what you think uh, over across on Twitter and the social media platforms you can use the hashtag WCGP to send us some questions um, for the next question podcast who knows when the hell that'll be but we'll get around to it eventually um, or you can leave us a comment below if you're uh, watching on YouTube for now this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast I've been your host Scott Taylor for joined by Ben Roy Turner just gonna leave you with this every time you paint a room it gets smaller and Josh Brown I'll <laughs> 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 oh, catch you next time Bye. 
Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.